0: Hey there, and welcome to episode number 154 of the Church Collective Podcast. We are glad you're here. In this episode, myself and Chris had the opportunity to talk to the man, the myth, the legend, Paul Balash. Yeah, let's hear it for him, woo! Yeah, I can't hear you. But it was a fantastic interview. If you haven't seen everything Paul has going on, go look him up on YouTube. He has put all of his training stuff on there. For those of you that have been at worship for a little while, he put all of his training on his YouTube channel just right there for you to get. It is fantastic. Go check that out. You can do that now and come back to the podcast, or you can do the podcast and you can go over there. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but we're going to jump right into this episode of the Church Collective Podcast.
1: Well, it's been crazy. New York City is like a ghost town, and it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Just um, today, just very few people on the street. You hear sirens and stuff, but uh, there's an ER doctor on our floor. We just have a one-bedroom apartment, and... um, in our right on our floor, you know, he's you know, he's he's not it's not as intense and as panicked as you see on the news, sure. but he's quite busy and they are treating patients down the street in Manhattan. Um, he's not freaking out. And this is a guy, man, he's he's got stories the last couple of years. He has told us just like your typical New York City shift from 10 to four in the morning, you know, like, yeah, I had a couple gunshot guys come in, and we had this. And- it's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think sometimes there's a feeling of, like, I want to do something, you know? Like uh, all the Billy Graham people, they built all the – made a hospital in Central Park in three days, you know? Uh, you've got that big ship that just came in up the Hudson. Uh, I don't know. So there's this tension of, like, well, you're supposed to just stay where you are and stay planted, and that's what we've been doing. And my wife and I have done a few sort of worship – you know, Instagram, social media, Facebook, kind of just like times of worship and kind of encouraging words, and uh, and yet, you know, like these other people, they're putting their lives on the line, and um, so we're still trying to find that balance of what can we do, and uh, and also the option of like we could leave the city, and and that's mm. that could be an option too, where we'd have to quarantine. I mean, we all kind of thought couple weeks ago that you know maybe maybe this will be kind of done by the time we hit april maybe but obviously yeah. not you know we didn't sure. no one really knew the extent um but now that we know it's like well we do have an option or two where we could go somewhere else to ride this out like yeah not like on vacation but just like new jersey <laughs> sure <laughs> go down to new jersey there's a a little uh short house that we have there that we could, that we rent out in the summer. Usually that's my, uh, old age retirement plan. It's
2: like,
1: <laughs> hmm. we got that five, or six years ago. And we just kind of rent that out as much as possible in the summer, but in the winter there's nobody there. And, yeah. um, but I, I know that if once you leave the city, they want you to be quarantined for 14 days. So, sure. you know, that's, that's sort of meaning like if we do that, then we've got to stay there. So,
0: yeah, maybe, um, give give a little like I know I've been watching everything you've been doing on Instagram live and just going with your stories and stuff like that can you give us a little glimpse of what you're doing for those of you that might not be following you guys go follow Paul Balash on Instagram cuz man it's just really encouraging stuff could you maybe talk about what you guys are up to
1: man you know again that that feeling of what can we do you know I feel like I said to my wife last week it's like the little drummer boy you know, oh, rumpa, bump, boom. It's like this feeling of like, wow, look at there's the wise men. There's a king bringing gold, incense, and myrrh. And like this little kid. I know it's just a story, but that feeling of like, well, I don't have much to give. What can we do? Well, let's 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 try to be a blessing. We can just set up our little iPhone. It's it's so. All my recording gear is over at my son's in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. All my SM7, all my good mics, all my gear that he borrowed a couple months ago. And so I don't even want to go over to Brooklyn right now. And and, so anyway, we just put up our little iPhone right there and hit record and doing about four or five minutes of a couple songs and a brief word, trying to keep it short. But just a little dose of, hey, we're we're in this together. We're with you. We're all in this together. And let's just try to stay... I mean, I say stay upbeat in that, you know, don't just binge on cable news, don't binge on Twitter, or you'll just spiral down. You'll just start, you'll just, uh, you'll lose it, man. Even, I noticed about a week ago, every single cable news, my wife and I kind of went just for fun, let's see every single one and watch it for 20 minutes. And like, every time they go to a commercial break, it's like, it's like all this super intense minor key. Right. It's like just, it's kind of created to sort of keep you in a state of panic. And so just mad I've been practicing my guitar, just trying to create some discipline for myself. You know, actually going through this particular Bible plan. I also have a great an old devotional that I'm kind of hitting again, like a classic yeah. devotional like 25 years ago. Sure. Loving, loving that and uh, also setting up some co-writes, being intentional about setting up at least one or two a week where I'm forced to like be thinking about songs, be thinking about, you know, something positive in the Lord and get my head in the word and pick it up my instrument. It's sort of, we have to like create these uh, these, to be intentional if we're not, like in the medical or some essential service but those of us that are just sitting at home right i want i want to do more than when this is all over i don't want to be like eh it was awesome man like we binge watched pretty much every tv show on netflix <laughs> right ever <laughs> like <laughs> it's like oh man I, this is this is a moment in history you know i want to tell my grandkids so what did you do grandpa you know when you went through that well you know your grandma and i you know we tried to do this and we tried to like take some of our songs and try to encourage others blah 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 as best we could Da da, da. and again we trying to look for more practical ways to so i don't know if that answers your question ryan yeah but... no absolutely
3: for my for my home church we're doing like prayer requests and it seems like the majority of them are all regarding anxiety and depression which is a kind of a, a side effect that i wasn't foreseeing with all this and are you, are you dealing with any of that? Like, do you feel, you know, just being quarantined, are you dealing with any anxiety or, or, you know, have you dealt with anxiety in the past? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be lying if I, if I said no, otherwise, um, I'm just kind of wired. I'm wired. I'm a guy that doesn't need three cups of coffee. I'm, I, ne- I don't relate to the memes that are like, don't talk to me. I haven't had my coffee. I'm, right.
2: Man,
1: I wake up, I'm ready to go. Um, my issue oftentimes in life has been not being a good sleeper, an overactive mind. And uh, I have caught myself in the last few weeks that if I watch a little bit too much of the news and I'm just a little bit wired, I, I notice it having an effect on me and, uh, it raises my anxiety level. So I, I remember this years ago, here's a tip that fight or flight, if it raises that fight or flight, the only way to get rid of that. Is literally through fighting or flighting like running like physical exertion goes a long way to get rid of that chemical release of, of adrenaline and stress and does that make sense yeah <laughs> so one of the things I do we live you know on the 13th it's in an apartment building and so I'll take the elevator down to the bottom floor and I walk up the stairs to the thirteenth floor, and then take it down again, and then walk up intentionally, slowly. I can't run up, man.
2: <laughs>
1: I can't run up. Just walking up, man. I get to the top. I am so out of breath, but I'm trying to burn off a little bit of that angst. And um, yeah, depression can be defined a lot of different ways, right? Just, um, but I, I, in terms of, it may manifest differently for different people uh you know malaise and that kind of thing again i'm i'm of the men i recently watched uh, it's called master class with james so it was james taylor who did an oprah winfrey master class you can find it on google and if you like james taylor maybe i'm dating myself for sure but i love james taylor and he had a heroin addiction for years and cocaine addiction and ruined his life. And then in the eighties, he kind of went through rehab and he's been on 12, 12 steps for many years, but it's such a good thing. And he talks about addiction and recovery and, um, you know, because when we are anxious or depressed, we can kind of turn to things that are perhaps unhealthy at times, um, or things that maybe aren't extremely unhealthy, but they're just not necessarily life-giving. Like if you just watch, if you binge watch, uh, netflix 12 hours a day that you know i'm not even judging i'm not judging anyone or or you know <laughs> just all of a sudden you're eating three times what you would normally eat he sure. just makes a real good case james taylor in that master class about for him part of his the main thing of his recovery was what i just mentioned was just getting out now you know getting out and walking moving for him he he uh He uh, has a boat. Of course, he's James Taylor. So he lives near a lake and he had this really cool rowboat kind of thing, like a kind of a cross between a rowboat and like one of those professional rowing things. But just physical exertion, he said, has probably been the number one um, aid for him in overcoming those feelings. You know, when you have anxiety, depression, then you're more prone perhaps to an addiction or you turn to things that can be unhelpful. So to really channel, and and so that number one, that physical exertion, find ways to do that. The other thing he said is he's always treated his work like a blue collar. Like this is my job. I'm a blue, like this is, you know, I'm, I'm a tradesman on a guitar and it's wood and it's steel. And to get my hands on that, just like a, a carpenter would be, you know, his hands on a, on a lathe or something like that, or a tailor or a blacksmith, or it was just a cool image. that's really stuck with me about if whatever your instrument is, whoever you are, like just get in a room, you know, an hour a day now that you've got this, this extra time on your hands and treat it like, you know, like you're a blacksmith, you're a tailor, you're a carpenter, you're a, kind of that blue collar tradesman if you will and and pick up that guitar and play it or, or that keyboard or vocal whatever your thing is I just thought those are two very practical tips that I thought was quite helpful from a guy that's very unpretentious and has gone through he's he's been to hell and back um, he talked about in fact real quick I love that song. He wrote it when he was in a psychological a psychiatric ward for nine months. He wrote, won't you look down upon me, Jesus? You got to help me make a stand. You just got to see me through another day. Like, wow. You know, my body's aching and my time is at hand. I won't make it any other way. Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. You know, I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend. But I always thought that I'd see you again. Anyway,
2: yeah.
1: some powerful. That's such an earnest prayer, in my opinion, There, you know, from a guy that wouldn't call himself a, a Christian. But was yeah. just saying, Lord, look, Jesus, help me. There's no I'm not going to make it. There's no other way to make it through this and and come to find out in this interview he talked he wrote that while he was in a psychiatric hospital getting off of his addictions it was actually way before he even discovered some some of his other harder drugs so anyway blah 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 i, don't, I hope this <laughs> That's is great. relevant chris
3: yeah not totally <laughs> no, cuz one of the other questions i was going to ask you a little bit later was who 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 else are your influences from the secular world
1: yeah
0: There
1: it is. I mean, this is this is good stuff. This isn't like your classic Christian. um, What do you call it? You know, classic Christian podcast. Um, (laughs) Sure. Although I'm talking to mostly Christians, and that's
2: yeah.
1: And I am a Christian, but since you asked me, some of my influences that are outside of the norm, um, I'm intrigued by those who are in recovery. I'm intrigued. Uh, you know, I do this thing called worship circle, and we have these small groups. Men in my group, I have eight to ten men for three months at a time. Once a week, we meet, and these are worship leaders, and they're men. And then their women meet with, like, Kim Walker Smith and different people. So, anyway, the transparency, the openness, um, it's really profound. And a lot of these guys are in recovery programs, they lead worship for recovery. I know guys that have gone through 12 step programs and there's just there's a humility and honesty, a transparency, a no BS approach to like basically what the gospel is, which is the salvation, like we yes we are saved by faith not through our works, but we are saved by grace through faith lest any man should boast. But then we work out our salvation in fear and trembling, using King James language, we work it out, and I think that's salvation and recovery are almost synonymous. So I'm intrigued by the stories of people who are very transparent. And uh, there's a guy who's not a Christian, Russell Brand. Remember that guy? He's uh, yeah. But his his uh, he's got an audio book that I listened to mm. three or four months ago called Recovery. I mean, it's kind of crass. I mean, if he's sure he's, he's a bit crass and yet kind of brilliant and super honest. And, uh, I found it refreshing. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it to like a brand new Christian or something per se. I don't know. Sure. But if you can handle, uh, if you can handle an R rated movie, you can handle, um, some of the Russell brand. And like I said, the James Taylor recovery thing. I mean, those, those are influences, uh, outside of the, you know these are there's preachers and teachers that I follow that I respect that which is almost kind of funny because if I name a couple of these teachers oh my gosh just the mere fact that I've liked a few of their tweets I've gotten people push back on me saying I can't believe you liked that brother's tweet don't you know this and this and this about their theology and don't you know this and this about I'm like oh my goodness wow mm. <laughs> in other words Come on, everybody. I'll bet you we've got 85 to 90% in common. Most of the stuff, our approach to life, our orthodox Christianity doctrines, the way we see it, probably most of us are pretty darn close. And then there's that 10% factor that, you know, if you're part of the Billy Graham group, you know, there's a lot of people that feel strong about a couple things there. If you're part of a, if you, if you, you know are inspired by the Bethel stream or maybe elevation stream you know there are a lot of people have issues with some of their theology it's like i get it of course you know but are we going to wait until we all agree 100% before we just love one another before we give our brother the benefit of the doubt but, but like as if as if any of us are going to show up in heaven now i'm sounding like an old catholic you know at the pearly gates <laughs> with st <Saint> peter <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be like that, but you know, that's kind of the caricature that When we get up to the heaven and there's St. Peter at the pearly gates and he's gonna say, brother Paul, your theology was 100% correct. Enter into your, I've prepared a place for you. Uh, But this brother over here, I don't know about him. His theology was only about 87%. So, hmm, we're gonna have to spend a little time in purgatory for that. I'm just saying, I mean, I understand theology is very important. So I'll I'll get flack for that if somebody hears this. I'm not saying it's not important. Can't say
3: anything.
2: (laughs) Exactly.
1: That's right. But what I am trying to say is, man, especially in this season right now of, come on, we've got to come together. Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now yeah borrow an old 60s rock tune it's like <laughs> come come together right now so um yeah that's a little bit of a rant there <laughs> that's
0: a great word I'm, yeah
1: hit some of your questions on the nail yeah, super... at least I mean, try and, you, I'm trying to stay on track
3: you just said track. james taylor
0: piqued my interest so <laughs> right talk a little bit about behold him um i mean that that kind of you wrote with so many great people from, again, so many different kind of walks of faith or, 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 whatever. Like, can you give us a little bit albums been out for a little while? I know like the, the title track has been making all kinds of rounds and I know people just seem to be loving it all over the place, but maybe just give us a little background on the album and how yeah. it's been going in, in this time.
1: Well, thanks. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a again, I don't, I don't take it for granted. It's super grateful to it's, to have the privilege to release a new project with new songs. It's like, um, I'm just so grateful, especially after 25 years. It's like, I get to do this another time? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And grateful that Integrity got behind this. And um, this is a two and a half year collection of songs. Probably had close to, you know, 45, 50-ish type of songs that over the last couple years... Mostly co-writing, really, co-writing is kind of the thing. I say the thing. For years, I've been doing that. I love the dynamic of getting in a room with a couple inspired ideas, and that person comes into the room and they have a few inspired ideas, and you spend some time, kind of like what we're doing here. Actually, the song "Behold Him" was written over Skype. Yeah. So I've actually never met the co-writer of this the title track, "Behold Him." is that crazy and this was before this whole virus thing it was just the fact that he's from australia and i was in new york city and so over a couple skype sessions like this um that title track mitch wong his name is and just a just a really talented brother he was a keyboard player with planet shakers for a lot of years and i think he's since moved to nashville But, um, yeah, so, again, I don't want to just drop names for the sake of name dropping. I mean, for years, when I started out writing songs in my local church in Lindale, Texas, as a worship pastor, where that's where I was for 25 years, the first couple years, just me and the keyboard player, Ed Carr, uh, we just said, hey, we've got a little bit of time on our hands, you want to meet at the church a couple times a week, and he's a piano player. I was a guitar guy and man, let's just maybe try to write a song that our church can sing. We'll take something from Pastor's sermon last week or, or he's doing a series coming up on this. Wouldn't it be fun to kind of write a song that kind of goes with that? So we, we wrote a ton of songs and a lot of them were just pretty average or not so good, but we thought they were good at the time. And you have to do that. You've got to write a bunch of songs. You got to get the reps in, you know? Um, and we would write them and demo them. Maybe a whole week on one song. Put background vocal parts. Maybe like a little horn part. That this is before Pro Tools. This was a reel to reel that we had back then. But anyway, so the process of co-writing. My point is that when I would co-write with others, you know, nobody wanted to write with me back then. You know, but over 25 years, I've made some friends. I've made some relationships at conferences, and you know, that's how I met you, Ryan. And uh, yeah. so anyway. Be- Through that, you know, um, co-writes with, uh, men, uh, let's see, Jason Ingram went to Nashville a few times and Jason's been a, a friend for years and stayed at his place for two or three days. And Leslie Jordan came over for half a day and we worked on a song together and that was really, really fun, beautiful, beautiful melody, great, some really strong lyrics, um, and then she sang with me on that song, and that's called uh, uh, "I am I am thankful." Mm-hmm. I am thankful. And then uh, the next day, Mia Fields, who's like, you know, the wordsmith. She's just so good at writing. But Mia wrote on my album "Our God Saves." You know, like 12, 13 years ago, she had just come mm-hmm. over from Australia, and she stayed at our house in Texas, and we, you know, wrote a couple songs and. And now it's been amazing to watch, you know, how God has used her to co-write so many songs with so many people. Um, so that was a real gift to spend a day with her and Jason. And um, let's see, uh, my wife wrote a couple songs on this project. One, all completely her, For the King, which is just so really cool. And then a song called Marvelous Things that Carrie Job ended up singing Singing on. And uh, again, we knew Carrie when she was a background singer at Gateway Church,
2: yeah,
1: just just a great young lady that we loved and believed in, and uh, she'd come out to Lindale, Texas, and just spend the night, and it's been fun to watch her journey, and just amazing, so I almost was like, ah, you think she'll, Hmm. I thought, let's ask Carrie, and same thing with Kim Walker-Smith, you know, that just on the title track, Behold Him, I thought, you know, the song was done, and track was done, vocal, and I thought, man... I could really hear somebody like, hmm, like Kim on this, Kim Walker-Smith, and I was like, I don't know, I, I feel funny asking her. Like I know her, but not that, we're not like best buds, you know. So took a chance. She was so kind to, to say, yeah, I like the song. I'll do it, yeah. and boom, she did it. And I feel like she just took the song, you know, from here to a whole nother, just sure. another level, man.
0: Yeah, she brings it. (laughs) Um, That's that's
1: a couple songs, but feel free to ask some questions. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, how's the how's the reception of it been? Like now now that it's out, like how, uh, like I I guess, how 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 do you feel when you see people on posting Instagram stories and like here's my version of behold, like we're all like, well, what is that? I mean, you've been doing it for a really long time, but maybe just give us a little glimpse into your mindset. Like, how do you how do you feel when you just you find Uh, that
1: you don't want a glimpse into my mind. You really don't. <laughs> um, because in my mind, I still wrestle with all the things that a lot of us wrestle, any creative wrestles with. You know, you you just a lot of self-doubt, a lot of second guessing, a lot of uh, maybe I could have, should have, would have <laughs> those words. You know, you, you just wonder. Uh, um, you know, you're never 100% satisfied with a project. At least I never have been. Rita, actually, I, I didn't realize this, but Integrity on their press release, it was like you know Paul's 22nd album, and I'm like, really, what? <laughs> so I went back. I'm like, well, okay, if you include like the French album, two French albums, and a Dutch album, you know, so those are a little bit like recycled, but but still, nonetheless, every one of them requires a lot of effort, and you're never 100% satisfied. You just run out of time. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, a football game. You know, it's not like baseball. Baseball, there's an ending. You know, football, it's like, oh, man, if you could just go like another quarter, if we just had another quarter, oh, man, just another halftime, we could probably win this thing. And it's like, nope, the time says it's over. And so that's why a deadline is important. Mm if you're a creative person, you might have to create artificial deadlines for yourself until maybe someday you do a project that you feel good and like, okay, I have to have the, the draft in. If you write a book, you have to have the first draft by this and the second draft in by this date. So when you're doing an album, it's like, there's the date on the calendar, it has to be done, mixed and mastered. So um, those are the thoughts in my mind. And so you know, it's, it's a delicate balance of, I try after all these years to just kind of lay it on the altar and say, I've done everything I can do. You know that scripture, having done all, stand. I think it's in Ephesians, Ephesians mm. 6, maybe 5 or 6, it says, having done all, stand. Yeah, Does that ring a bell or is that...
0: I don't know the reference off the. I mean, I don't have the passage off the top of my head if this is like a Bible quiz, but yeah, like it it checks out. I think that's in there somewhere.
1: I'm just saying, Um, but
0: I love that phrase.
1: My brain is like, having done all, now just like give it back to the Lord and just stand, Paul. And don't. I have zero control over whether or not people are going to like it, respond to it. It's like, I have no idea. All I have to do at the end of the day is look in the mirror and say, did we do. emotional kind of gets me uh i don't know why that it's interesting how that just brought up an emotion but uh Mm. but really it's yeah it's strong because it's it's vulnerable but because you're just like you're trying to put your heart and soul and blood and guts and not to over over dramatize it but you know if 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 you're trying to create something you really believe in you you wrestle you wrestle you rewrite you wrestle over every preposition and you wrestle with like should we is that guitar too loud or should we bring it down on the mix should we add more vocals there should we Is a snare of the right? i mean there are just a thousand decisions that you wrestle with mm. and then once it's done it's done and then you just uh you know, I don't want to be an insecure guy that's just waiting to hear like, oh, it's great, Paul. You know, like I'm just I want to give it at least three to six months to see if that to me is a test to see if do any of the songs kind of begin to show up on somebody's set list maybe or or, oh, hey, here's somebody did a cover of that, you know, and they it's on YouTube. Oh, amazing. Or, hey, somebody, you know, that starts to feel encouraging, like, OK, yeah. Um, but otherwise, at the end of the day, look in the mirror and you just say, did we do the very best with the time we had and with the budget we had, with the people involved? Did we do the best that we could? You know? And you just have to go, I think we did. I think, I think we really tried to care about every aspect from beginning to the very final mastering. And then, then you just have to surrender it 100% or you'll drive yourself insane. If you're waiting for, you know, an attaboy or how many likes you're going to get on this, man, that's that's just, we'll never be satisfied, that that part of our, so that would be, I have to remind myself, I'm, I'm throwing that out there for anyone that might be listening, any kind of creative endeavor, but I'm reminding myself once again, Paul, don't live and die. Even those who are just leading worship on a Sunday afternoon, you know that feeling after you've led your four or five song set and and you've done two or three services and now it's one o'clock. You're going to take your family out to lunch. And here you are as the worship pastor, kind of a little bit haunted by that song between song number three and four. Yeah. You took a little risk there and you went and, and said this little analogy or you spoke and, you know, it's like, ah, oh, is pastor going to be annoyed that I, that I talk too much or, yeah. uh, <laughs> Whatever it is, or was that the right song? Maybe we should have gone into this song instead. Oh man, did I miss it? So, can you relate to that at all?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you bring that up because the thing I'm I'm seeing in a lot of groups now, and like friends and stuff, is like there's a lot of people who are for the first time going online, and now they're actually able to go back and watch themselves because that's not something that they've had, and they're like, oh no, like really just responding to all of that. But yeah, I mean, that resonates. I mean, that's a that's a great thought. Like you you did it, you know, like you did your best and you put it out there and you you can't go back and (laughs) concern yourself too much about it. Learn from it. But yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes. You've got a you can do a Monday morning quarterback or you can kind of look back and debrief, but process through the eyes of grace.
2: Yeah.
1: You've got to look back with a couple People, you got to look look at yourself on video with somebody who loves you and someone you trust and say, this is painful. <laughs> believe me. <laughs> believe me. I know, man. Maybe you guys feel that way when you hear your podcast back, perhaps. Um,
0: sometimes, sometimes. Yeah.
1: But uh, even the sound of your voice, you're like, oh, man, I can't stand the sound of my voice anymore. Or especially any visual aspect. You're like, oh, man, I didn't realize I, my posture is terrible. <laughs> and why do I always blink or why do I have that idiosyncrasy, you know, that little uh, quirk? All of us have little quirks. So it's healthy to look at us, to look at ourselves on video, but with a couple friends that at the same time can encourage us, and remind us that, hey, bro, or hey, sister, be kind to yourself. Mm. Be kind to yourself, really. You'd be so quick to encourage someone else. We're so quick to encourage and to be kind to others. We got to learn to turn that around and give ourselves a little grace too and be kind. many, many, many people out there listening are really hard on themselves. I'll bet. Yeah. That's yeah, my, yeah. that's my hunch. When so, I'm, yeah.
3: when I'm around, um, like songwriter friends, I'm always shocked at how the frequency of how, how many songs they are writing a month and, and how many they're actually kind of setting aside and throwing away. how, What's, what's your frequency? Like, how many songs are you writing a month, and are you just setting them on shelves, or, you know, what's your, your kind of ratio?
1: That's a good question. Um, anybody that's back in the day heard my talks on songwriting or, or the book God Songs, I talk about the, the greenhouse concept, so... It's basically like you have this musical greenhouse where you walk into it and you you have plants of various sizes. So you, to the right, you've got a shelf here and you have some plants that are just itty-bitty plants. So the analogy would be like, you know, you've got some song ideas or just maybe a verse idea. Here's a couple of verse ideas or concepts, like maybe a title, a song title. Like back in the day, I remember uh, just – you know, a bunch of titles. But I remember one day opening up my journal and looking at my song titles and the title above all just kind of jumped out at me again. Like, oh, yeah, I remember writing that down. I don't even know where it came from. If It was from a, I don't know, could have been a commercial like blah, blah, blah and blah, blah, blah. But above all, don't forget, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, you know, like, but just above all, you know, so my point is, so there's sometimes you've got a lot of little things here. And then on this shelf over here, you've got Songs maybe that you've actually started to work on with another writer. Uh, this morning, I was I, uh, spent a couple hours with a guy named Evan Kraft, and he's in Nashville. We're co-writing together, and we got a song to about like a verse feels pretty good, and a chorus sketched out, and that's pretty good in a couple hours to feel good about a verse direction, a melody, and a lyric, and a chorus that that's feeling that's feeling like it's in the right direction. So my point is, Chris, at any given day, um, it's not like at any given day, there should be lots of song ideas going on at the same time, but they are at various stages of growth. And, um, you know, it's kind of a, a little bit of a mystery. You just sort of led, you know, you'd carve out time during the week to devote to walking into that figurative greenhouse and looking at some of these ideas and go, oh, man, I want to work on this one, man. I, I, I remember this. Yeah, I got to put some time into this song. And so you pick up your guitar a little bit, you know, and you just. You know, and you spend some time with that and you worship with that idea. So to give you an, an absolute number, I would say it just changes Over the years, when nobody was asking me to go anywhere and do anything, I was just a worship pastor of my church. I had a lot of time at home, and I could meet at the church with Ed, and we wrote two to three songs a week and demoed them out. And, you know, so after a year went by, we had, you know, well over 100 songs um, actually recorded. That was exciting, and um, so... You know, but then as time gets busy and I've all of a sudden I got another kid and I have three kids raising kids and they have activities and I try to be at those. And oh, and then I'm also traveling to do a little mini tour and then I got a workshop this weekend. And so all that begins to infringe, it can infringe upon your creative songwriting time. So I would just say, depending upon where you're at and what season of life, like here we are now, we're all quarantined and isolated So it's an opportunity for us to sort of up our game a little bit and spend a little bit more time on those song ideas.
3: You got one, Ryan? All right, because I can keep going.
1: (laughs) No, go for it. Yeah, and you can keep
3: running this line. Yeah, (laughs) that's great. Here's a question. Um, I think it would be great for you. Um, You got two people in the room with you. You got like a fresh, you know, twenty-year-old worship leader. And you have a another worship leader that's like maybe like early 60s. And what advice would you have for both of them?
1: Are you talking songwriting or being part oh, of a worship no, team?
3: Just being like being who they are, you know, like the because the, we've got we've got kind of both coming at us, asking questions all the time. You know, the young ones feel this pressure to to almost become celebrities you know? uh-huh. and then you have the older ones that feel this pressure. Where a lot of churches are kind of trying to phase them off this off the platform. You know, like saying, "Oh, you're too old." You know, so what what advice would you have for those two?
1: <laughs> in thirty <laughs> seconds or less. All right, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for those the young folks because in this age of incredible internet media, you know, every YouTube video of these amazing movements and bands and churches that have all the bells and whistles and lights and sound and production. It's just, it can be so intimidating. I remember experiencing that just in the beginning stages, 10, 15, 20 years ago, you'd go to some worship, quote unquote, worship concert. And it was just like, wow, in terms of production and everybody up there looked like they were, you know, an L.A. actor, you know, like like from Friends or something. They just look so uber cool. And then I'd go back to my church on Sunday morning and look around and realize we don't look like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have the resources for that kind of production. We're all volunteer. Our church is in the middle of Lindale, East Texas, you know, like we are who we are. And so it goes back to that, Lord, give us grace and confidence to be the best version of ourselves is just be the best version of who we are to take stock of okay we've got you know strong bass strong drummer our keyboard players coming along Uh, let's get a plan to improve let's kind of get a vision to just continue to improve first chronicles 25 all the musicians were trained and skilled in music for the lord you know that kind of thing. Just give yourself a pass. You can't compare. You, you've heard some of these quotes, but comparison is the thief of joy. If you've never heard that, that's a good one to just write out and remind yourself. You can't compare yourself to Bethel or elevation, or I don't even want to say names. You know, they they're being who they are. They're they're just that's who they are, and they're being who they are. You need to have the courage to be who you are, and trust that that's enough. And so. I'll just say personally real quick that I always felt like I'll never be that. And even when I did get to do an album, you know, our church of 600 people, there it was. Like, here it is, street release date. And, like, our sweet people at our church, maybe I'd sell 300 CDs first day. Meanwhile, you know, a worship pastor at Lakewood, when Israel Houghton came out, his yeah. rec- CD would come out, and they'd sell 30,000 the first day, you know. <laughs> true. And I would go I'm just I'd have to just I had to just kind of make peace with that and go I'll never be that. I'll never get to that's not who we are and that's just I got to I just got to thank the Lord for what he's allowed me to be part of and here's my offering. So it requires a lot of processing, a lot of spiritual psychological processing to keep yourself encouraged in the Lord. Otherwise it's easy to be discouraged. So I would say to that young person First of all, if you're not married, then right now you probably have more time than you'll ever have in your life. Mm. So right now, man, just eat, drink, and sleep the Bible. Like, get around people in your church. Maybe get to that old men, the older men's prayer meeting on Tuesday morning. Uh, go to the Friday night worship thing. Like, get around people that are pursuing God. So keep your heart growing in God. That's number one. The other side of that equation is, whatever your instrument is, your primary instrument, man, eat, drink, and sleep that right now. Just if it's guitar or keyboard or vocal, man, make sure you're like every day putting in some time with a metronome, playing those songs. Da-na-na-na-na. So it's the heart and the skill. It's that balance. That's the equation. And just those are the two things focus on. Keep your heart healthy in the Lord. Get around the handful of people that or pursuing God, stay away from negative people or jaded, cynical people. Just kind of pull away a little bit from them. And and musically, just just dive in, you know, whenever you're watching a movie, even have your guitar in your lap right now and just make the chord shapes, work on certain chord shapes. So you're not <laughs> you're not distracting everybody else in the room. But just have the more you have that guitar in your lap and just making those shapes or making, you know. Making those scale patterns or whatever. Mm. You get what I'm saying. That's how Tiger Woods, you know he would have, he'd go out and hit a thousand balls a day.. You know, that your best tennis players. They go out and hit. So a lot of it is reps, man. It's repetition, repetition. So I would say that's that's your job if you feel called. Just but just keep it balanced with your devotional life. And that requires being a good time manager. And, and looking at all the things that you're currently spending time in and being a little bit more just a better steward of your time. Say, man, I'm spending way too much time on social media. Instead of doing three hours a day, I'm going to I'm gonna just check it 10, 15 minutes in the morning, and then later after dinner, I'm going to give myself another 15-minute window, and then I'm, that's it. I'm out. Like, All right, the guys who are like late 50s, early 60s, my advice would be um, – First of all, give thanks for all the years that God allowed you to be part of what he's done in this generation. You know, don't discount that, that we've had the privilege and the opportunity to be part of worship teams and worship leading, perhaps. Um, and think about how good that's been for your walk in the Lord. I look back sometimes and think, what if what if my church didn't expect me to show up every Sunday? at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. What would have happened to me at different seasons of my life? Maybe where I got a little bit annoyed or I got a little bit wounded by this church experience. It would have been real easy for me to sort of pull back and pull back and withdraw. And then maybe I'm just sort of like going to church once in a while. Then maybe I just like kind of, yeah, I don't really need church. I just read my Bible. You know, it doesn't take long for that to happen. But the fact that I was required, I was expected to show up Sunday after Sunday, like there was a demand put on me and I'm looking back. I'm so thankful that because there were seasons in my life where it would have been easy to see like, man, I'm just I'm just so fried. I'm burned out or whatever, you know, whatever thing I was going through. But the fact that I had knew that in three days I have to show up, stand on a platform and say, well, good morning, church. Mm. It forced me to keep short accounts. It forced me to deal with any kind of stuff going on in my life, a relationship issue or a sin issue or any kind of thing. It sort of forced me to kind of, Hey Paul, uh, you've got two more days to sort of deal with this (laughs) so that you can stand on a platform with some integrity, Mm -hmm. some degree of integrity and, and stand up in front of people and say, let's, let's begin to turn our hearts to the Lord, you know? So anyway, that's one thing I would say to those that have been doing this for years. I'd also say finally, um, these are long answers. Don't be so long. But um, I would say, you know, kind of see yourself as in the old days in football and hockey. There was a thing called a player coach. This concept of like still the coach would still sort of go in and do some plays at times. You know, there was a hockey player named uh, Gordy Howe, Detroit Red Wings. It just sticks. He's just a name that pops out of my head. But. He was the coach, but he also would go in and and still do some playing. And I think we just need to not be insecure, just recognize that. Thank the Lord for that season that we've had, but also recognize now it's our turn to like turn like the Apostle Paul did to Timothy and begin to pour into intentionally pour into that next generation than the one before that. It's important for us to make room for that next generation, not be threatened by it not be, uh, insecure about it. Just accept it, accept it. You know, thankfully when you were 25 or when you were 32 or when you were 18, somebody gave you a chance to go up there and be, and do it. So now it's others, their turn. So I think, uh, seeing yourself more in a role of a player coach maybe you step back maybe with your experience you sort of begin the service good morning let's stand together and then you you do this at rehearsal then you tell that young less experienced but talented anointed 22 year old say so listen after we finish the first song I'm just going to step back and you just step up to the mic your mic and go ahead and lead us on that second song and then go ahead and lead us in the third song And then when we're at the end of that, then I'll come up and kind of do that last song. I'll lead that and bring it to a close. So I did a lot of that sort of co-leading with next generation people. So I would say that's really important, man. Don't be leading worship by yourself. Get some younger people up there. Co-lead. Think team. The days of just trying to be like the guy or the girl, like those days are over.
3: What do you? What, this is a complete departure. But what are you into, <laughs> like other than worship and music? What are you into, like? Do you have any any hobbies? Photography, you know, mountain biking. I don't know what anything.
1: That's a great question. <laughs> I envy some people that have passionate hobbies, like Brenton Brown. So one of the first song on the new album was co-written with Brenton Brown. By the way, a little just drop that out there and uh and there's quite a profound story behind that by the way um he he so he lives in malibu and his his passion is surfing okay so at some point in most days he finds a way to get out there and surf for two hours Mm -hmm. and i just i envy that in a good way or guys that play golf i'm like oh man that looks amazing That looks like that would be really fun (laughs) <laughs> and when I lived in Texas, when my kids were growing up, my hobbies were my kids, to be honest. That sounds terrible, but because I traveled and then I also had a local church job. Man, when I was home, I was like, whatever season my kids were in, I was in their world. So whether it was like playing Madden football on video games or going outside and rollerblading, remember rollerblading, <laughs> or uh, playing Tennis, there was a tennis court not far from us, and we would play some tennis. Um, A lot of activities that my kids tease me, like, yeah, dad was the athletic director, you know. Because I'd be like, all right, guys, let's go. We're going outside, let's go. Outside, let's go. And it would be anything, riding bikes. So now that I'm an empty nester, I still do, I ride my bike around New York. In New York, I walk a lot, or especially used to. Now it's you have to be... um, you don't quite have that same freedom right now during this season, but I love walking down to the Hudson and just walking up and down the Hudson or the next day I'll take my bike right up and down the Hudson. So a lot of physical activity, um, is important. And I recognize, so I kind of enjoy it. It burns off stress. And I also recognize if I'm going to keep, you know, gosh, last year, you know, I went to India, I went to Europe twice. I would just, just even flying to California and back, jet lag, all that takes a toll on your body. And I've said to my wife the last few years, like, if I'm going to do this, just singing and standing for two hours and you're doing concerts or workshops and I got to be in shape, like, not yeah. like I'm not a super fanatic, as you can tell, <laughs> I don't have like muscles and pawn muscles. But I just recognize I've got to have a, at least a minimum standard of Staying in some kind of physical shape so that I'm able to do what I feel like God's called me to do. And that might sound like, wow, Paul, that's boring. Um, But (laughs) because my hobby, here's the thing, guitar. Like some people be like, well, my hobby is playing guitar. Well, I I I love playing my guitar, so I'll take my guitar up and I I try to play that. I try to mess still stay up on piano. So I guess those are hobbies, if you will. Um, Sure.
3: Speaking of guitar, what is that a Collings? That because the headstock's blurred out, but it is. Yeah, yeah, here it is. It's a. Is that your number one right now?
1: Kind of is. is, Yeah, I've got way too many guitars. You know, people are like, (laughs) "What happened to your McPherson? Why don't you play?" I'm like, "Man, I love a McPherson. Uh, I love a McPherson. Mm -hmm. But a McPherson is like a Cadillac. It's like an old, you know, uh, 1979 Caddy. You know, coupe de coupe de Ville." it's just big, and big sa- sounds big, and it feels the ride is just so comfortable and cushy, and there's nothing like a McPherson. But um, you know, sometimes you don't want to drive a big Cadillac, and Collins Collings to me is a little bit, a little bit more sporty. Uh, I just like the size of it. You know, it's basically like the John Mayer type guitar, the yeah. Martin version uh, size. So um, I like this size to travel with that? and play in the studio pardon are you using that in the studio you're recording that well that's very interesting gosh you're such a good question so (laughs) no that's interesting so i wouldn't use that in the studio i mean i i have it sounds sounds good it's a really good live guitar i've got a good system in it a fishman uh whatever the matrix system so you've got the the pickup back here and then the element inside and you can blend it and Mm. I get a lot of responses from sound men, front of house guys, going, "Man, it just sounds so natural." So, yeah, I like it Uh, in the studio. I do happen to have a 1941 Martin Double Dot Twenty Eight, so it's sounds it sounds crazy. I mean, it's crazy what time does to wood. Yeah. So I'm almost nervous to have it. Actually, I've had it for ten years. It's like, oh. You're always trying to make sure there's enough humidity, and I'm putting those humidity things inside all my guitars. I've got an Olson that I've had for 25 years, like uh, a James Olson Dreadnought that I that was my main guitar for at least 10 years back in the day. Um, so yeah, I've got uh, I've got some Electris, so a Les Paul Junior. Got a, a cool '73 Tele, uh, the '59 Les Paul Junior. It's pretty cool, candy apple red with a double cutaway. And It's not even that expensive, but but it's just a cool shred type guitar. Um, Is the actual fifty nine? It's a fifty nine Les Paul Junior, cherry cherry red, yeah. Um, and it's like I said, it has the wings. Uh, um, so um, let's see what else. Yeah, it's not like a it's not a, a gold top. That would be like a hundred thousand dollar guitar. This one would be probably. I think I paid four grand for it about yeah. five years ago. So anyway, but I still play electric. I used to play electric a lot in bands and, you know, but I'm a little bit more old school. Not a lot of the newer gone, 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 A bit, bit more of the, I grew up sort of with Clapton and yeah. Beatles and, you know, Almond Brothers, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I love playing electric and that would be sort of a mm. hobby. Sometimes I just plug it into my little, I've got a 69, uh, Fender Deluxe Reverb, and uh, or Fender Reverb Deluxe, yeah. And that's that's all you need. It sounds amazing. And I just got a few pedals: a pro, uh, Ibanez Rat Proco, no, a Proco Rat, and an Ibanez Tube Screamer, an uh, X-R Dyna Comp. Remember those? The red red pedal.
2: Hmm.
1: Just a couple, couple little toys. I miss that. I you know I love leading worship. I'm so grateful I get to do that. But. Uh, I didn't start writing and leading worship till I was 25 pre 25. I was just an electric guitar player for Lenny LeBlanc for different people. That was my thing. I was, that was, I just loved being a guitar player until my pastor opens his mouth one day and said, Paul, brother, why don't you come on up and lead us in a few songs while we have a time of prayer. I was like, ah, (laughs) I kind of freaked out. Like, I don't really do that. I'm a guitar player. Gosh. And, uh, yeah, he kind of pushed me into that. And so I'm, I'm of no regrets. I'm super thankful. Um, mm. When
3: you're in the studio, what, how do you mic that? Um, how do you mic your acoustic guitar?
1: Okay, yeah. So okay. my, uh, yeah. Why is my? I'm, I have four percent left here. Hold on one second. I'm on my laptop. Wow. No problem. I'll
0: make a quick note. We can. No, no, be no.
1: Here. That's fine. here you go. No,
0: I'll make oh, I know. Bullet. I know why. Wait a
1: second. Here we go.
3: It's that think... one outlet in the room that gets controlled by the the magic <laughs> switch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: um, okay. Good question. Um, that's a good practical question. I mean, the typically the rule of thumb is, you know, if this is your microphone, then you typically maybe a foot away, right around the twelfth fret. That's usually the sweet spot. You don't necessarily want it right over the sound hole, per se, although sometimes I've seen guys, they'll put another mic about right there, about two feet from just a little bit outside of the, of the big part of the, the guitar there, maybe right about there, two feet. But ideally, you definitely need one maybe no more than six inches, six to 12 inches around the 12th fret. That's the sweet spot right there. I don't know if you can are see
3: you that. particular about which mic you're getting on there?
1: You know, back in the day, I was. Uh, there was like a sure SM81 used to be. It's like a pencil mic, you know. That was. But to be honest, in the last ten years, I mean, I had a good home studio and all that stuff in Texas, but I just couldn't keep up. I just mm. man, I went through. We had the reel to reel, and then we had ADATS. We did ADATS in our bedroom. My wife and I, our first home. It was just like a manufactured, just just like a mobile home, basically. And in our bedroom, I had my whole setup there—a a little Mackie mixer with an ADAT. You guys remember those? And, the, yeah. <laughs> and then, then along, then it got into Pro Tools, and then this and that. And then in the last ten years, I realized, man, my life is so busy and so crazy, and I'm traveling, and I'm teaching, and I'm trying to write songs. It's like something has to give. And maybe that's a word for somebody out there. Maybe you're just trying to do everything. And I thought, well, all right, Paul do you want to spend two hours trying to find a killer sample, snare, snare sample, like, (laughs)
2: you
1: know, some guys (laughs) love that, man. Or do you want to spend the next two hours like thinking about a strong second verse and like diving into some deep words and like trying to come up with a strong second verse? And I thought, you know, Uh, that's really more my lane would be more the lyric. And I thought, I'm just really not a techie. That's always been a struggle. So I thought, okay, I surrender. (laughs) And now when I do a demo, I just try to write the best songs I can. And then when I have a couple songs that I feel like are worthy of a demo, I go to uh, the studio, uh, Flux Studios in New York right now. And so anyway, so to answer your question, it depends on, I kind of leave it up to the engineer yeah those guys know way more than I do now
3: but cool. we're hitting yeah. like an hour and 15. So we should probably have yeah. wrap it up yeah <laughs> I feel like I
0: could go another hour <laughs> yeah, this is great do you I mean to maybe wrap it up what are you what's God teaching you in this season Paul like like we're all I think the the big theme is like like you said like we could spend this time doing. Netflix or whatever, and just kind of squandering the opportunity to be able to spend time with God. But I'd imagine you're probably doing your best to try to connect with God in a way like what's he teaching you just in these past couple of weeks?
1: Man, I'm, I'm a broken record or a one string fiddle, as they say, you know, you know, you've heard me teach this so much that ministry to the Lord. Mm. You can just Google that. Go to my YouTube channel, Lead yeah. Worship, uh, anybody, and just look up ministry to the Lord. Uh, Balash. I sort of try to unpack that idea, and I still practice that. So I'll go up, up a couple flights of stairs to our elevator room in our apartment, where nobody goes, so I can be all by myself and I can sing really loud and just, you know. And I'm not going to bother anybody in my apartment. I would feel self-conscious that my neighbor will hear me if I sing too loud. Yeah. So. I'm trying to carve out time to still do that to get my hands on the guitar, like I, we talked about an hour ago. James Taylor, just that physicality, pick up your instrument, get your hands on your instrument, get the get the psalms, bring that up there and just kind of with your guitar, or your instrument in your hand, I' you know read through the psalm and just put a little melody to that and begin to go from reading it to singing that psalm, and then you can put a melody to that song. And that's all. It just it's very yeah I'm trying to do that because it sort of checks a lot of boxes. It keeps my heart moving toward the Lord, but also gets my hand on the my guitar, gets me playing. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm trying to do that. I'm not yeah, and last night we watched the Crown. We started this series last week. It's uh, called The Crown on Netflix. It's about Queen of England. It's it's a nice, you know, you watch one or two of those and it's like, oh, that's cool. That was that was nice. It's not super intense. Sure. <laughs> um, so that's what I'm trying to do. I just want to be a good steward. But also, we don't have to come out of this time either as like <laughs> sometimes we can set the bar too high. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, when we do it, we set our New Year's resolutions, you know, all right, I'm going to join a gym. I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to be killer this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. It's like let's be kind to ourselves. There's this balance of of just yeah. trying to just to make sure we're 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 checking what are the what are those handful of things, right? Yeah. Everybody needs to decide, you know, if you're a, if you're a spouse, you got to make sure you're 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 cognizant of your partner and you're you're being available and present. If you have kids, you've got to be present and available. You know, then what then then what else do you have after that? What are those 3 4 number three, four or five in your life, you know, uh, but we yeah. can't do 12 things. Well, yeah. you know, you can do that's two great. or three or four or five. You can do them well, but.
0: Sure. Yeah. That's a great word, man. Thank you so much for just all of this. This is great. Just <laughs> <It's laughs> so good. So good. I, I knew, I knew it would be, I mean, you've got all the, you know, I mean, you don't, you don't like hearing it, I guess, necessarily But you got all the wisdom in the world and it just like pours out of you in such a winsome way. It's great. <laughs>
1: Wisdom in the world with a winsome way. Wisdom in the world with a winsome way. Exactly. That's, a, that's alliteration for all you songwriters out there. That's called alliteration. Well, thanks. Thanks, Ryan. And I just love what you guys do. Always been a fan for years. We've done, you know, the workshops together. Yeah. And last Christmas, that was amazing to be at your church and uh, to, be, to get to work with your team and that's I just great. love your family and your mom. You know, just your whole, your mom <laughs> and dad. Just and Chris, you and I haven't hung out, but I just love what you provide on the podcast. You, you ask, not your typical questions. Like you, you ask really uh, deep questions, and that's one thing I've tried to teach my kids when they grew up. Was like, you know, you don't have to be an interesting person. You just have to learn how to ask good questions.
0: Mm, yeah, that's good.
1: You know, like if you're in a social situation, don't feel like uh... Uh, I have to come up with a really funny story. It's like, actually, you don't. You just have to know how to ask a couple good questions. And you really do that well, Chris.
2: Thank
1: you. You play sax? I see saxophones and guitars back. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Man, saxophones. You know what I miss? The last time we heard a good saxophone on a worship song was what? Here's a trivia question.
2: Boom.
3: You know, I don't even know. I honestly I I I hadn't I hadn't even played saxophone in the um in the worship world for at least a decade. And then in the last like year and a half it just started popping up and I got kept getting asked. It's like it just came back out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, the I, last, yeah what what is it? Let's <laughs> check out Remember Come Now Is The Time oh, yeah. To Worship. <laughs> there you <go>. See, that <laughs> was a wild. <laughs> Yeah. This killer sax solo. You're like, "Yeah." Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, anyway, brothers, um thanks for awesome. thanks for letting me do this and yeah, uh thank you. Thanks for the shout out. I hope folks will go check out the the new project Behold yeah. Him
0: and um, Probably, we'll link it all and share it out and tag Yeah. Uh,
1: do you have a website yeah. leadworship.com uh, and uh there's some stuff on there. There's and our YouTube channel, it's my final plug is lead worship. If you just Google YouTube, lead worship, there's a bunch of free. It's all free. It's just all teachings on songwriting and leading worship. And you know, we go a little bit deeper than we did here, even so. And that stuff is absolute
0: gold. So yeah, make sure to check it out. Yeah.
1: Thanks for uh thanks for letting me ramble on here, guys. Ramble on.
2: (laughs) Thank you for being here.
1: Ramble on. <laughs> we can name that band.
3: Uh Led Zeppelin. Obviously. There you go.
1: Ding ding ding, go. ding ding. All right. We <laughs> if have to we... turn my
3: screen, you would see all, every thirty Led Zeppelin
1: photos. Nice. nice. Oh. We could do a whole podcast on Led Zeppelin. Come on. <laughs> well, Led wait, Zeppelin. Wait no, we're Holy. Good. <laughs> Here <laughs> we go. <laughs> uh, anyway
2: that's
1: great Let's <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> kind of sloppy sorry. <laughs> now I've reached that age I try to do all those things the best I can
0: now, now we're in the bonus tracks here. <laughs> yeah,
3: I think we have our Instagram post for today, Ryan. <laughs>
0: That's
1: great. There it is. Yeah. Anyway, well, we could That's go so on good. a tangent. Yeah. Could, uh, let's do another one someday. We'll do uh, Christians and Classic Rock. Yeah, yeah. we could do Christians do. meet Classic Rock.
0: Dude, that'll work.
1: That's awesome. Thanks again.
0: Yeah, thank you again for being here.
1: Be safe. Yep. All right.
0: You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. If you haven't gotten yourself plugged into the Church Collective community on Facebook, we would love to see you over there. That's the best place to get interact with us on -on one-on-one, but you can find us on Instagram and Pinterest and YouTube and all those social media networks. We can't wait to see you over there.